Hello and welcome to this September 21st edition of AZ Law. I'm your volunteer reader and Phoenix attorney, Paul Wyke, and we explore Arizona's legal and judicial systems in this new program. AZ Law came about to provide Arizona legal news for Sun Sounds of Arizona, the nonprofit reading service for people with disabilities which make it difficult for them to read or hold printed material. It is broadcast on the third Saturday of each month at 11 a.m., and other installments are available on demand at Sun Sounds of Arizona. Our Arizona'sLaw.org website is independent of SunSounds, but its prime focus is to support SunSounds, which is a service of the Rio Salado Community College, along with KJZZ and KBAQ radio stations. Our website has links to those stations and information on how you can become a member of them. We urge you to do so now at Arizona'sLaw.org. AZ Law is now available for download at that website, as well as on iTunes Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and wherever you get your podcasts. Today we are focusing on an Arizona Supreme Court decision from this week that has been much anticipated, religious freedom versus discrimination based on sexual orientation. We have articles, reactions, and commentary on the Brush and Nib case, and next week in our on-demand program, we will record some of the key portions of the court's opinions. However, it was more than 100 pages long, so we'll only be able to record portions, as I said. But today, let's get to the articles and the commentaries. First off, we have from the Arizona Republic this article by Jessica Bem, and it is in the Arizona Republic, dated September 16th. The headline, Phoenix Artists Don't Have to Make LGBTQ Wedding Invitations, Arizona Supreme Court Rules. A Phoenix ordinance that protects lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people from discrimination cannot be used to force artists to create custom wedding invitations for same-sex couples, the Arizona Supreme Court ruled on Monday. The high court's decision overturns multiple lower court decisions that protected the portion of Phoenix's non-discrimination ordinance which applied to the LGBTQ community. An attorney for Phoenix insisted that the ruling was narrow and did not strike down the city law. Rather, the court ruled that one company could refuse to make one type of product for LGBTQ couples, he said. Today's decision is not a win, but it is not a loss. It means we will continue to have a debate over equality in this community, Mayor Kate Gallego said. However, LGBTQ community advocates fear that the decision, however narrow, creates a pathway for other lawsuits. This decision opens the door for other bigoted owners to outright discriminate against LGBTQ people for who we are and who we love, said Brianna Westbrook, vice chair of the Arizona Democratic Party. She tweeted that after the ruling. The legal battle began in 2016 when Joanna Duke and Brianna Kosky, owners of Brush and Nib Studio, sued Phoenix, arguing that the ordinance violates their First Amendment and Arizona constitutional rights to free speech and religion. Duke and Kosky create invitations and other handmade artwork for weddings and events. The women, who hold the religious belief that marriage should only be between one man and one woman, do not want to design invitations or other custom artwork for LGBTQ couples because they believe it would be the equivalent of endorsing the marriage. The women are represented by Scottsdale-based Alliance Defending Freedom, a conservative legal group challenging similar laws across the country. 
Recently, that group represented a Colorado baker facing penalty under that state's anti-discrimination law. That case landed before the U.S. Supreme Court in 2018, but the justices punted on the key issues of the case. Legal experts say it is a matter of time until a similar challenge comes back before the U.S. Supreme Court. And given this week's Arizona Supreme Court's decision, it could be this case. And Jessica Bame and Chase, uh, Chase Hunter also expanded on the background of the case and what it means. And we will read part of that article as well. The Arizona Supreme Court's decision that Phoenix cannot force a wedding shop to design invitations for same-sex couples was as narrow as a court ruling can be, reiterating numerous times that it only applied to custom wedding invitations, that was in quotes, created by that Christian business that filed the lawsuit. And we already read Phoenix Mayor Kate Gallego's reaction. And it was a blow to the non-discrimination ordinance that does protect LGBTQ individuals against discrimination. While it focused on the work of Brush and Nib Studio only, it also laid out a legal pathway that other businesses could follow to refuse services. There is both comfort and worry from today's decision, said Jenny Pizer, director of law and policy for the national LGBTQ advocacy group Lambda Legal. And Alliance Defending Freedom, that Scottsdale-based conservative legal group, said this ruling transcends this particular subject matter, said Jonathan Scruggs, the attorney for the Alliance. In this case and other similar lawsuits against the, across the country, Alliance Defending Freedom argued that its clients are not discriminating against LGBTQ people. They just don't want to be forced to create custom invitations that celebrate a marriage that they do not condone. During oral arguments in January, Scruggs said the women happily would sell their pre-made invitations to a same-sex couple or help a same-sex couple design a custom art piece for their home. He equated his argument to a Muslim designer declining to make Easter decorations but still serving Christian customers with other services. He said business owners can serve all members of the community without celebrating things that they disagree with. Phoenix's attorney, Eric Fraser, argued that it is not the message but the customer that the women really take issue with. He said Phoenix's law requires businesses to provide the same services to all classes of people. Therefore, if the women would provide a custom invitation to an opposite-sex couple, it must produce the same type of invitation for a same-sex couple. Changing the names to two male names or two female names does not constitute a change in the message, Fraser argued. The Supreme Court disagreed with the city's, quote, myopic view of the invitations, close quote, in its four to three decision. Speech must be viewed as a whole, and even one word or brushstroke can change its entire meaning, the court opinion said. The Supreme Court also ruled that wedding invitations are a form of expression by the designers and therefore constitute pure speech, garnering greater protections under the First Amendment and the Arizona Constitution. The city had challenged this theory during oral arguments, saying that the invitations are not Duca and Kosky's expression, but the expression of the individuals paying for the invitations. The court disagreed and said the women, quote, do not sell identical invitations to anyone, 
every custom invitation is different and unique. For each invitation, Duca and Koski spend many hours designing and painting custom paintings, writing words and phrases, and drawing images and calligraphy. Moreover, they insist on retaining artistic control over the ideas and messages contained in the invitations to ensure that they are consistent with their religious beliefs. That was a quote from the opinion. At a news conference on Monday, Koski said the art she and her business partner create is a reflection of God's creativity. Ever since we were little girls, Joanna and I have been encouraged to follow our dreams, pursue our passions, and treat everyone we encounter with dignity and respect, she said. How limited is the decision? Although the court backed Duca and Koski, it repeatedly stressed that the opinion was to apply only to brush and nib and only to custom wedding invitations. The court said its decision was not meant to undermine the anti-discrimination purpose of the ordinance and did not address the validity of that ordinance. But legal experts said that even if it was not the court's intent, the opinion still sent ripples of concern throughout the LGBTQ community. The decision cracks open the door to free, free speech protections being misused as vehicles for discrimination, said Pizer of Lambda Legal. She said it is unclear how this court or future courts will interpret Monday's decision, but that it is likely that groups like Alliance Defending Freedom will continue to bring cases to test it. Any decision that creates new law to facilitate discrimination is potentially dangerous, even when the context is very specific and the license to discriminate is very narrow, Pizer said. Republican attorney Corey Langhofer said the decision could become a watershed decision for wedding vendors across the country. Quote, the majority opinion seems to have been written with the knowledge that it will be read and cited by other state Supreme Courts and the U.S. Supreme Court, said Langhofer in a statement. In his dissenting opinion, now retired Arizona Chief Justice Scott Bales scoffed at the idea that the court's majority opinion was limited to just brush and nib. He wrote, Today's decision is also deeply troubling because its reasoning cannot be limited to discrimination related to same-sex marriage or based on the beliefs of any one religion, but instead extends more broadly to other claims of a quote-unquote right by businesses to deny services to disfavored customers. That was from Bale's dissenting opinion. The majority opinion brushed aside the idea that the decision could create a slippery slope for more lawsuits. It is not our role to speculate about whether exempting Duca and Koski's creation of, of custom wedding invitations would cause other businesses to seek a religious exemption from the ordinance, the opinion stated. So what happens next? The Arizona Supreme Court's decision will not have an immediate impact. No LGBTQ customers have requested brush and nib services. The decision does not invalidate Phoenix's ordinance or impact similar ordinances in Tempe, Tucson, Flagstaff, or Bisbee. But the case is not necessarily over. Phoenix may attempt to appeal the decision to the U.S. Supreme Court. Fraser said attorneys for the city are still analyzing the court's decision to determine whether an appeal is possible or wise. Scruggs said he hopes the city does appeal the case and that the U.S. Supreme Court uses it to set national precedent on religious freedom protections. Remember, Scruggs is with the Alliance Defending Freedom. And he said the Alliance has tried to get that with other similar cases, but has not yet succeeded.
In 2018, the group represented the Colorado Baker facing penalty under that state's anti-discrimination law. That case was in front of the U.S. Supreme Court, but the justices punted on the key issues of the case and instead ruled in the Baker's favor on narrow grounds. The Alliance Defending Freedom is representing the owner of a flower shop in Washington, the state of Washington, who is facing penalty under that state's non-discrimination law for refusing to provide flowers for a wedding of a same-sex couple. Attorneys have already asked the U.S. Supreme Court to weigh in on that case. And that was from Andrew Oxford and Jessica Bame, and that was in the Arizona Republic. Next, let's read this reaction that was published on the Religion News Service from the plaintiffs in the case, the Brush and Nib studio owners, and it is headlined, Why the Arizona Supreme Court Ruling in Favor of, of Our Art Studio is a Win for Everyone. When we decided to start an art studio together, we knew there would be highs and lows. We didn't know the lows would include the threat of facing jail time, but the highs of winning a tremendous victory for free speech? We really didn't see that coming either. Yet that is exactly what happened this week when the Arizona Supreme Court ruled that the city of Phoenix cannot compel us to imagine and create custom artwork that violates our beliefs. That is great news for all who value freedom, not just in Arizona, but across the country. We are artists. We get up every morning inspired and excited to create beautiful things, and we believe our love of beauty and our artistic talents are gifts from God, and that the way we use those talents therefore matters to God. So when we decided to start Brush and Nib Studio, a calligraphy and hand painting business, we knew we would be pouring ourselves into every custom piece we made, whether wedding invitations, wedding vows, or wedding signs. But not long after we opened our studio, we came face to face with a serious threat. As artists, we gladly serve everyone, but there are certain messages we can't promote through our artwork, regardless of who asks us. That is true of many artists. For instance, like many artists, we won't create artwork promoting racism or exploiting women, no matter who asks us. The same is true for artwork that celebrates any view of marriage that is not marriage between one man and one woman. But Phoenix prohibited us from making that decision. Its law threatened us with up to six months in jail, $2,500 in fines, and three years of probation for each day we made certain artistic decisions in accordance with our consciences. In other words, operating an art studio in Phoenix came at a price, violate our convictions, or go to jail. When artists choose which messages to promote through their art, most call that artistic freedom, but Phoenix called it discrimination. That's just wrong. Under Phoenix's theory, a Jewish painter could be forced to design and paint a banner for an anti-Semitic march. A female graphic designer could be forced to create custom graphics for a website demeaning women. And a Muslim singer could be forced to sing at a Christian Easter service. The threat we faced from Phoenix's law put us in a very difficult position. We felt a strong calling to use our artistic talents to celebrate wonderful moments in people's lives. We didn't want to abandon our dreams and close our studio, but compromising our deepest beliefs was not an option. So we did something we never imagined. We filed a lawsuit through our Alliance Defending Freedom attorneys to, well, defend freedom. That was over three years ago. Since then, our case has wound its way through the courts. We experienced a lot of attacks and name-calling along the way, but we never regretted taking a stand. Taking a stand for our freedom, taking a stand for your freedom, taking a stand for everyone's freedom.
even those who disagree with us. And now, after a long struggle, the Arizona Supreme Court has rejected Phoenix's position and upheld the freedom of artists to choose which messages they promote through their art. Today, as our long legal saga comes to an end, we are thrilled that we can now create freely without fearing jail time or other government punishment. But more than that, we're grateful our stand will help secure freedom for all artists who strive to create art that reflects their deepest beliefs. Freedom is a wonderful blessing that we must cherish and defend, and with that freedom, we and other artists can go about the work of making the world just a little more beautiful. That was the reaction from the successful party in this lawsuit, Brush and Nib Studio, and they don't they don't uh, seem to agree with their attorney that uh, hoping that it gets appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. But next, let's go to this column. Uh, this column is from, let's choose this one here, E.J. Montini, get a opposite point of view. The Arizona Supreme Court just gave devout bigots the okay to discriminate. The Arizona Supreme Court decided Monday that religious conviction can be an excuse for bigotry and discrimination. Shame on them. The state court of appeals had rejected that idea, but there was no telling which way the expanded Supreme Court will go since it has been packed by Governor Doug Ducey with judges to his liking. The case involved a city of Phoenix ordinance saying it is illegal to discriminate in providing goods or services at places of public accommodation based on race, color, religion, sex, national origin, marital status, sexual orientation, gender identity or expression or disability. The owners of Brush and Nib Studios in Phoenix, which designs custom wedding invitations, place cards, and more, say their Christian beliefs should allow them to deny service to same-sex couples. The case has worked its way through Arizona courts. It's a shame that this is even an issue. We can hold any beliefs we want, but discrimination is discrimination. Heterosexuals only is the same as whites only. Every other argument is smoke and mirrors. The state's highest court fell for the phony argument in a way that lower courts had not. Brush and Nib is like any other public accommodation, a gas station, a grocery store, a barbershop, a restaurant. I suspect the owners of such businesses hold many varied religious, political, and philosophical beliefs, and they are free to express those beliefs. But once a business owner agrees to serve the public, that is what he or she must do, serve the public, all of them, any of them. No one should be able to deny service to those with whom they disagree based on things like race, color, religion, sex, national origin, marital status, sexual orientation, and so on. The Court of Appeals agreed, saying in part, the case before us is one of a blanket refusal of service to the LGBTQ community and not a First Amendment challenge to a specific message requested by a specific customer. The owners of Brush and Nib say that selling wedding invitations to a same-sex couple would violate their beliefs by somehow insinuating that they support same-sex marriage which is ridiculous. Does an automotive dealership selling a sedan to a same-sex couple say anything about the owners other than that they want to sell cars? Is a pest control company that does yearly termite inspections of a home owned by a same-sex couple endorsing LGBTQ concerns or simply making a buck by performing a service? The owners and employees of such businesses are free to hold whatever beliefs they wish, and they are free to express them. Denying service is another thing, however. It's a sad day when the state Supreme Court does not recognize that. 
because if it's okay to discriminate against same-sex couples by claiming some devout religious beliefs, then anyone can make similar claims to justify discriminating against anyone. And that was a column by E.J. Montini in the Arizona Republic. The Arizona Supreme Court just gave devout bigots the okay to discriminate. Here's another commentary that was published in the Arizona Republic, this one by Robert Robb. Do we really have to sue over wedding invitations? I believe the Arizona Supreme Court erred in carving out an exemption from Phoenix's civil rights ordinance for a small business that did not want to design custom invitations for same-sex marriages for reasons explained shortly. But the larger takeaway from the decision should be this. Not all social issues have to be legislated and litigated. Some civil society can work out on its own. The cultural war over homosexuality is over. Those who believe that homosexuals should have equal status in society, as they are and including the ability to marry, have won. Those who believe homosexuality is a sin should be stigmatized and same-sex marriage forbidden have lost. Now litigation played a central role in this victory. In 2003, the U.S. Supreme Court effectively struck down laws that made homosexual conduct a criminal offense. In 2015, it required all states to treat same-sex marriages the same as heterosexual ones. These decisions accelerated a cultural shift that was occurring organically anyway. Today, there's a surfeit of vendors eager to provide services for same-sex marriages, from invitations to floral arrangements to baking a wedding cake. That being the case, why dragoon a vendor who has religious qualms about same-sex marriage into service, or threaten it with criminal sanctions for declining to do so? I suspect that perspective animated the court's decision in the Brush and Nib case. This column has frequently bemoaned liberal judges engaged in outcome-oriented jurisprudence, concocting a legal rationale for the policy result that they prefer. This was an instance of conservative outcome-oriented jurisprudence. The majority opinion written by Justice Andrew Gould was based principally on the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, even though the plaintiffs had not actually made a First Amendment claim. The opinion is torturous to read because the U.S. Supreme Court's First Amendment jurisprudence has become an undecipherable labyrinth. The first question was whether the city ordinance regulated behavior or speech. Then the question was what kind of speech, pure speech or expressive conduct. Then which of four layers of judicial scrutiny to apply to the burden the city's ordinance imposed on the owners of Brush and Nib by requiring them to prepare custom wedding invitations for same-sex marriages contrary to their religious beliefs? The majority concluded that custom-designed wedding invitations were pure speech and that Brush and Nib could not be required to produce them for same-sex marriages against their religious beliefs. The decision was a narrow one, four to three. Unfortunately, the dissents did not do a very good job explaining why the majority decision is in error. In a free market system, as a general rule, business owners have the right to decide to whom to sell their goods and services and can legally differentiate between potential customers. If a restaurant posts a sign, no shirt, no shoes, no service, the shirtless and shoeless do not have recourse to the courts. 
In the Civil Rights Act of 1964, there were specific exceptions enacted to the general rule to break the back of Jim Crow. In places of public accommodation, in which goods and services are offered to the general public, business owners cannot discriminate on the basis of particular enumerated characteristics. Those enumerated characteristics are called, in legal circles, protected classes. No court has ever held that restricting the ability of business owners to differentiate among their customers on the basis of these protected classes was constitutionally impermissible. There are now state and city laws enacting the same restrictions. In addition to sexual orientation, the Phoenix Ordinance prohibits discrimination in the marketplace on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, age, genetic information, marital status, and disability. No court has found that expanding the protected classes to include sexual orientation is constitutionally impermissible, and the majority of opinion in Brush and Nib explicitly acknowledges and even celebrates the legality of the expansion. No court, including this one, would ever find that a religious belief, however sincerely held, legally justified withholding a good or service from anyone in any of the other protected classes. To find that a religious belief can provide a legal justification for withholding a good or service based upon sexual orientation is to render sexual orientation a second-tier protected class. There is no basis in law for treating sexual orientation as a protected class differently from the other protected classes. That said, the larger question remains, is this really something that we need to legislate and litigate? And that column was from Robert Robb in the Arizona Republic. The headline was, do we, do we really have to sue over wedding invitations? And let's briefly read this article from Howard Fisher Capital Media Services. Governor Ducey says no need to expand the state's discrimination laws to include LGBTQ. Governor Doug Ducey will not support extending state laws to prohibit discrimination against individuals based on their sexual orientation. I'm against discrimination in all its forms, the governor said on Thursday. But Ducey said he does not think it is necessary to provide people who are gay the same legal protections that exist for already established protected classes. The governor also said he believes the Arizona Supreme Court struck the right balance earlier this week when the justices decided that the Christian owners of a calligraphy firm have the right to refuse to prepare wedding invitations for same-sex couples. Ducey said the decision was narrowly crafted and struck the proper balance between the rights of the business owners and the rights of others to be free from discrimination. And he noted that the justices did not strike down the entire Phoenix Ordinance that prohibits discrimination based on sexual orientation. Ducey's reasoning for no change to the state law? I think we've got a lot of laws, he said. I've been more in the business of wanting to repeal laws and regulations. And that was from Howard Fisher, Capital Media Services. Well, let's finish up with this brief article. This was reported by us on ArizonasLaw.org yesterday. Trump taps Tucson jurist for U.S. District Court judgeship is the headline. Here's the article. President Donald Trump has nominated Pima County Superior Court Judge Scott Rash to fill a vacant judgeship on the U.S. District Bench in Tucson. The nomination was announced last week, but has not been reported in the Arizona media, although the lifetime appointment is a key one for Arizona courts. 
Rash is currently the presiding family court judge and has been on the Superior Court bench since 2010. He previously worked in private practice on civil litigation and with the Arizona Attorney General's Office in criminal prosecution. He attended University of Arizona for both undergraduate and law school. His most recent judicial performance ratings are from 2016 and show that he was unanimously approved as meeting performance standards. Senator Martha McSally noted that she met with Rash this past April and praised his nomination. She said, Judge Rash is a highly respected judge on the Pima County Superior Court and will make an excellent federal judge. With the huge caseloads in Arizona federal courts, it is important that his confirmation take place quickly. Rash's nomination will go to the Senate Judiciary Committee for a hearing and a vote before being considered by the full Senate. Arizona's law will continue to follow the confirmation process and will update this article as warranted. And with that, we reach the end of this broadcast installment of AZ Law. Remember to listen or download our program wherever you find your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe as well. And since our primary purpose is to support the important service provided by Sun Sounds of Arizona, please don't forget to go to their website and donate. You can do it through our website, arizonaslaw.org, or directly at sunsounds.org. We have several plans to grow and improve this program in the coming months, but hey, your comments and suggestions to make this program better are always welcomed, especially since this is a brand new program. Email me at paul.wyke.azlaw at gmail.com, and Wyke is spelled W-E-I-C-H. So for now, I'm your volunteer reader, Paul Wyke, thanking you for listening to AZ Law.